Hello there, and welcome back to the podcast. On tonight's episode, we are going to take a lovely long walk up a colliery row. We are going to Hawthorne Road, and I'm talking to Nick, who has been sharing the most beautiful and just captivating photographs from decades worth of history in a house on Hawthorne Road. Nick tells me that the photographs are the closest thing she will come to having a time machine to take her back in time. The hope on tonight's episode is that you can step inside the time machine with us and travel back in time. Let's go. Welcome everybody. This is for me, no, this podcast. Morning, podcasters. You know, I was born in North Seaton Colliery. When I, when I were a lad. I should have remembered that because my mother used to work for them. I'm champion for me, absolutely fine. And who doesn't make the selection box for breakfast? Hey, that was Christmas. Yeah. 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 She went flying over Maypole into Bustalic. Right then, let's open the door of the time machine and see where we are. Hopefully, we've gone back in time with Nick to Hawthorne Road in her childhood. Now, Nick and I recorded this interview initially, and then we had some real technical difficulties and we had to stop recording. I got COVID, so it took a while before we could record it again. And um, when we did, we had some more technical difficulties. So what you are going to hear in this episode is the piecing together of conversation for the first photograph. And then for the second and third photographs, Nick was really kind and recorded that separately for me and sent them over uh, on email. Okay. Are you sitting comfortably? Then the first photograph is of Nick running through the back gate of a grandparent's house on Hawthorne Road. And I'm going to let Nick explain that. Just that one photo brings so much back. I can feel myself in that spot with all of the, the senses, you know, the the smell of it, the sounds, what was going to happen as I walked in. It just brings me back so much and I think that's why photos are so special you know they've just mm-hmm. got that ability to to time travel you know I, re- I really yeah. think it's the closest thing we can get almost isn't it oh I agree yes um more so almost than than video you know I do have some sort of home videos but I find photos there's just something about them that can conjure up more um, so yes, I'm I'm running in through the back gate in my eighties dungarees. Yeah, heading to the kitchen, um, heading to the, like the warm family afternoon of, you know, all four grandparents would have been there because my four oh, right. grandparents were great friends, so they were all there. We'd be having an afternoon tea, and I mean, talk about halcyon days, you know, it's Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. special times, really. You know, me and my brother were very lucky to to have a family that was so close, and um, you know, those amazing Saturday teas. It's just not something that 
is really done anymore, I don't think. In, in the well, scene. very rare. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Do you know, I, I'm looking at it and, I mean, it reminds me, my grandparents lived up Catherine Street, just up from Hurst Park School. Yeah. And it, I, I can hear the latch on the gate. That's, yes. When I look at that photograph with the gate open and you can see the street and the cars behind it, I mean, from the point of view of structuring a photograph, you know, it's brilliant because you're in the foreground and then there's this gateway to the street behind is open, partially open. But I can hear that gate, that heavy latch on the gate that would make such a loud clink sound when you opened them. And the interview cut off there for about the seventh time. So Nick and I decided to call it a day. And I asked Nick if she could take a bit of time at home to get the photographs out herself and record what she would have said to me. And what I'm going to play for you over photograph two and photograph three is what Nick recorded for me. So I hope you enjoy this. We're going to move on to the next couple of photographs. Enjoy. The second photo that I've chosen is um, a black and white photo from the 1940s. It's in the same background yard at Hawthorne Road as the first picture, albeit with um, the outhouse in a different position. Um, it's a photo of my granny on the right with the headscarf, my great-grandmother in the middle and Aunt Sally on the other side and I'm, I'm pretty sure it must have been um, wash day the way my granny's got her wraparound apron on and Aunt Sally looks ready for work. In fact, there is another photo that I shared on, on my account of Aunt Sally in the yard with the big wash tub and her wellies on as well, which is another great one. It does look, I think, like maybe great-grandma doesn't do the washing then. She looks she looks a bit too smart, I think. Anyway, I just, I, I do love, I love any of the photos that show the domestic details, women's work. It it was something that wasn't photographed very much. Um, I mean, at least in, in my collection, I, there's, there's few photos of, um, of women's work. And I do love everything with the, the domestic details, you know, anything with plates of food, tables laid out, teapots, uh, people sewing, the washing, all of those things. I really am drawn to them. And it has definitely informed, changed the way I take photos of my own family. I'm much more conscious to include a bit more of the nitty gritty than I used to. I used to like things a bit more polished and clean and tidy, but I've realised that it is the little details, the glimpses of the messy kitchen or whatever that holds a lot of the interest. I love this photograph. These three women who look, you know, look like hardworking women. You know, you look at the photo and you know those are the those are the women who are scrubbing the clothes clean, keeping the house warm, keeping the yard clean, feeding their husbands, looking after their kids, and the absolute heart of a mining community. You can just see it in in one photograph, and the, the look of camaraderie on the three of them as well they look so close to each other it's a beautiful photograph i'm sure you've agreed if you're watching this through facebook and you're looking at that photo while nick's been talking i'm sure you agree with me 
it's a great photograph and it's a, a beautiful example of how you can just capture the simplest moment in history but over time it becomes important. I wonder if the photos we take today will have that same impact in two or three or four decades time. Nick recorded one more explanation or description of a photograph for me so I'm going to play that and you're going to have a look at photo three. Enjoy. The third photo that I've chosen is um, another photo from the 1940s. It's um, a black and white image of my great-grandmother in the back street bending down talking to two small children. She's got her pinny on and wrinkly stockings. Um, it's a lovely tender picture as well as being aesthetically beautiful, I think. The light on the bricks, um, the shadow of the wall. I mean, the bricks in so many of these Ashton photos I love. I think um, there's there's something about them that is really special. The way the light catches them, especially some of these these early photos where you've got, you know, the larger film captures greater detail. Um, it's it's such a familiar scene. I mean, in, in so many ways, th these images of these streets are like etched into my consciousness. But what I what is interesting to me is that it's it's so familiar, but it is also different as well. Because if you look at the the um, road there, it's it's nothing like, you know the way it is now there's no traffic it it looks immaculate there's not a bit of litter the actual surface looks new you know it's it's fairly recently put down it so it it's something that so many of us know but it is different too and i am really interested in the photos of of this period you know, normal people's photos from the twenties to forties. I think there is, or there has, there became such an idea that amateur um, photography was, like one, it was difficult to do. It was it was hard. Only professional photographers could take good pictures, um, and I just don't think that was true. I think especially early on with the manual cameras, people had an enthusiasm for their pastime. They learned how to use their cameras. I mean, there was no there was no other option because those were the cameras that were available, um, and produced some really great images. I mean, that's one of the things that I, I want to show through the photos that I have. There's nothing particularly special about them. They're a, a normal family's um, photographs. My granddad was, my great granddad was um, a colliery blacksmith, and I, I'm, I'm fairly sure he took a lot of these early photos. Um, I'm sure that there's they're no different to what many many other people in. In the area, I have in their albums, in their lofts, etc. You know, these photos are treasure, um, and I think 
you know, I'd encourage everyone to get your photo albums out and just have a good look at them. See how, how really great they were. That photo is just gorgeous as well, isn't it? And it's so crisp and sharp and clear. And and also how incredibly, almost impeccably clean is that street. And no cars, not a car in sight on that photograph. Look how wonderfully wide those lanes look. If anybody, you know, if you want to take the time machine now and, and go and walk down that street and, and look at the photographs on your phone and, you know, go and do that thing of, like, looking at the, well, this is what it looked like then and this is what it looks like now, please go and do that and enjoy because I think you'll find it absolutely fascinating to walk down that street, Hawthorne Road now. I'd love to imagine somebody listening to this lives on Hawthorne Road now and is watching the photographs and thinking, wow. If you want to see more of the absolutely amazing photographs that Nick has, please head over to Nick's Instagram page. It's just Hawthorne Road with an underscore between Hawthorne and Road. Okay, so it's Hawthorne underscore Road. And there's about 70 photographs on there at the moment. And they're they're an incredible, you know, time capsule. They really are. They're a beautiful capturing of history, particularly in the town of Ashton. But I actually think if you look at those photographs and you're from anywhere else, look at the era they are in and you will recognise so much about them. The cars, the fashions, the styles it's they're wonderful and i am so incredibly grateful for nick for agreeing to come onto the show and talk about those and you've no idea how embarrassed i was every time the technology failed on us so bless nick and thank you very much nick for recording those two interviews um separate there and sending them to me on email so we could get this podcast episode out i hope you've enjoyed that as much as i have i'm sure you have I want to say a couple of thank yous. Um, I want to thank Coast FM. So if you listen to Coast FM radio, it's on 106.6. It's also on um, online. And um, if you've got a smart speaker, you can just say, Alexa, play K-O-A-S-T radio, and it'll play the radio station for you. They're a local radio station in Ashton, and they're very kindly. Annie Hart had me on her show recently to talk to her listeners about what the podcast is and what we do and how we're trying to share the social history of the Northeast with as many people as possible. We're sharing the stories that don't always make it into the history books as well as just the really interesting stories or the really interesting places about the Northeast. That's what we're doing. And they were really kind to give me some time to talk about that and it was an absolute treat to be on there. So it's a big thank you to them. I want to thank LJ Ross. You might have heard me mention her before. LJ Ross, if you don't know, is a best-selling author and she writes um, several different novels but is most famous for her detective fiction novels that are all set in the Northeast, starting with the book Holy Island um, and then the second book, I think, was Sycamore Gap and so on and so forth. Amazing books. And... Louise actually gave up some time, pretty much about an hour, um, to talk about her books and about how important the social history and the social fabric of the Northeast is to help her create characters and stories in her books. 
And that episode is going to be out with you very, very soon. And it's absolutely wonderful. It was a real treat. <laughs> it's a real treat. Um, and, and we had to kind of, you know, pinch ourselves that we were doing that interview. It's great. And then I just want to thank all of you listeners out there. I'm incredibly grateful to every one of you that listens to the podcast, that sends me emails or direct messages just to say thanks for that episode. It means a lot to me that you do that. I want to encourage more of you to come forward. I want to encourage more of you to suggest friends and family that might want to come on the show and and talk to me about their time and their life or their family's lives in the Northeast. And I just want to say a big, big thank you to those of you that use the share buttons when you've listened to an episode. When you share the podcast with other people or you like the podcast or you comment on the podcast it bumps it up in timelines so it means more people find it and get to listen to it and that's what we want i want more people listening to this show so that your stories my stories our voices from the northeast are being spread and heard as far and wide all right ladies and gents thank you very much again for listening take care of yourselves stay safe stay well Enjoy the sunshine, which hopefully is here to last. Take care now. Bye-bye.